We come today to Isaiah 40. We're going to be in the uh, different prophecies in the book of Isaiah during Advent. And today we come to Isaiah chapter 40. So if you have a Bible in hand, you can turn there. If you'd like to stand for the reading of Scripture, I invite you to do so. It is this morning Isaiah chapter 40 verses 1 through 11. If you have uh, these church Bibles, it is page 580. Incidentally, the Bible verse on the back of the church Bible comes from this, this section of Scripture. The word of the Lord from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 40. Comfort or comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Tell her that her sad days are gone. Her sins are pardoned. Yes, the Lord has punished her twice over for all her sins. Listen. It's the voice of someone shouting, Clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill in the valleys, level the mountains and hills, straighten the curves, smooth out the rough places that the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. A voice said, shout, and I asked, what should I shout? Shout that people are like the grass. Their beauty fades as quickly as the flowers in a field. The grass withers and the flower fades beneath the breath of the Lord. And so it is with people. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. O Zion, messenger of good news, shout from the mountaintops. Shout it louder, O Jerusalem. Shout, do not be afraid. Tell the towns of Judah, Your God is coming. Yes, the sovereign Lord is coming in power. He will rule with a powerful arm. See, he brings his reward with him as he comes. He will will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother's sheep with their young. May God bless the reading of God's word. Would you pray with me? God, open our hearts and open our minds to hear from your Holy Spirit during this day, this uh, second week, second Sunday of Advent. May our hearts and our minds behold your story of the coming of your Son, and may we worship you. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, It reminds me, I got a letter from someone uh, a number of months ago. They said, 
you know, you, you ask us to stand and then you read the scripture and you forget to ask us to sit down. And so I just stand in my living room for the rest of the service. <laughs> so I want to remember to remind you to sit down. It also strikes me as I was reading this, uh, one of the things I could have done in, in this sermon was talk about all the shouting that's happening in this passage um, because I have ample stories of shouting in my house with all of my kids and stuff. And boy, that would have been a little easier one to write perhaps. But um, oh well, maybe next time. Last week I offered an image. It was the image of a biblical prophet and how it is that biblical prophets walk into the future, how they walk through history. It was an image given to me by a teacher some years ago who suggested that when a biblical prophet walks through history, they walk backwards like, like this as I almost fall over. They walk backwards. Because that way they always have their eyes on the past. And they can see the past with clarity. They can view the past, history, through God's eyes. And this brings clear and sober focus to their present. Consider, for example, these words from the prophet Hosea. Recounting the exodus from Egypt and the early years of Israel in the promised land. When Israel was a child, I loved him. I called my son out of Egypt. Matthew, by the way, will quote this. But the more I called to him, the farther he moved from me, offering sacrifices to the images of Baal and burning incense to idols. I myself taught Israel how to walk, leading him along by the hand, but he doesn't know or even care that it was I who took care of him. I led Israel along with my ropes of kindness and love. I lifted the yoke from his neck, and I myself stooped down to feed him. Hosea 11, 1 through 4. Now, I'm not sure how that image of a biblical prophet walking backwards into the future, um, you know, works in your heart uh, at all. But it's a powerful image to me, and today I'd like to offer an extension to this image that is related to the one I brought last week, I think. This one not given to me by a teacher, but it's a picture of a prophet walking backwards and then stopping as though something is being told, maybe whispered in the ear. And he turns around and he prophesies, seeing the future. We come to such a moment today in Isaiah 40. It is a remarkable bit of poetry. Um, and I'll admit, it uh, is a bit of a challenge uh, doing a reading interp on it. These words from the prophet carried hope to the people of Judah um, who had been taken away from their homeland in southern Israel uh, around the 6th century B.C. So we're in the 500s before Jesus. They were displaced to Babylon, a foreign land with foreign rulers. They were strangers in a strange land. The people had been there for some time, trying to make sense of what had happened, trying to make lives for themselves, trying to adjust to these new realities in their lives, you know, to move forward. And it was a good thing, right? Even the prophet Jeremiah urged the people in his prophetic mystery, um, um, ministry. I almost said prophetic mystery. 
Huh. Now that could be another sermon for another day, I guess. But Jeremiah urged the people to settle in once they got to Babylon. As he put it to pray for and seek the good of the cities they lived in. Yet there was a longing. These people uh, who were taken from their home longed to return, to go back home. It might not be the same, but they wanted to go back home, time to go back. And this passage from Isaiah, chapter 40, speaks of that time coming soon. And it is to this setting, to these people, where there is this kind of, uh, what was kind of a dim hope on the horizon, so much anxiety, displacement. And it's where these words, in that setting, that these words fall, these words of Isaiah. Comfort, oh comfort my people, says your God. Now, we do not need to um, pile up into my time machine and go back to Babylon to the 6th century B.C., and speak to the people back then, or watch the situation back there. We don't need to do that to find a people in anxiety and displacement with uh, faded hope and suffering, longing for things to be back to the way they were. Comfort, oh comfort, my people, says your God, I think, is an apt message for us on this second Sunday of Advent in the year 2020. An apt message, don't you think? We're in the midst of this pandemic that is largely out of control in the United States and in our own state. Health experts warn that we are in store for a long, difficult winter. It appears that effective vaccines are in the works, but Months, maybe, months before anything is widely available. And the pandemic has exposed so many of the inequalities of our time. Uh, Pastor Anthony spoke to this a couple of weeks ago. Inequalities in healthcare, inequalities in education, inequalities in access to food. I read that. Um, on the, the week of Thanksgiving, some 25 million Americans reported not having enough food. And there are heroic efforts that people make in each of these areas. Heroic efforts for the good of our communities. And I know many of you take part in these efforts. Because we see the inequalities, we see the needs that God has called us to step up and step into. And it seems to me only an ostrich with his head in the sand refuses to see the inequalities among us. And by the grace of God, we will fight hard to rectify. And by the grace of God, we as his people will continue to seek shalom for our neighbors. Responses to the pandemic, efforts to curb its spread, have left people separated, afraid, fatigued, angry, lonely. There is economic impact that is maddening and frustrating. There's social impact, mental 
health impact. It has been a long slog, a slog over the past nine months. And it'd be one thing if we were sort of all on the same page about this. If there was a a poster, for example, you know, rolled up sleeves, we can do it, that we all got behind. But I'm afraid it seems this isn't the case. How to respond to the pandemic has become yet another thing people fight about. Eye-rolling, name-calling, one side saying the other side is uh, brainwashed or scaredy cats. And it seems to me that this divide only worsens things and is not helpful. Um, It brings to my mind, honestly, the words of the Apostle Paul, knowledge puffs up, love builds up. But there is something we do agree on, at least most of us. 2020 stinks. That's a rallying cry, it seems to me, that is out there. We can get behind that. There's no shortage of internet memes that speak to our common loathing of the experiences that we've shared. And I've seen now uh, some fairly clever Christmas tree ornaments that you can put on the tree that capture the sentiment, our shared disdain for the year 2020. I saw one that is a, um, an ornament, it's a dumpster. It says 2020 on it. And coming out of the dumpster are plastic flames. My favorite one was an ornament of Scrooge. Um, Nope, not Scrooge, sorry. The Grinch, right? The green character, Grinch. It said 2020, stink, stank, stunk. Sums it up pretty well, I think. This will be a Christmas unlike any other. This is an advent unlike any other. And for some of us, this is because there's an empty chair at the family table for the first time. For some of us, it's because there's a new truth, a new reality in our lives from this year. And for some of us, it's because we, like so many, are lonely, we're tired, fatigued, And we need these words from Isaiah. And we need to let them sink in. We need these words from Isaiah to be God's words to us now today. Comfort, comfort my people, declares your God. Speak tenderly, speak to the heart. Let us sit with Isaiah, listen as God tells the prophet to speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Jerusalem, a city in ruins when these words are that the difficult labor is done, that the iniquity is pardoned, paid for. Oh, that we would hear these words from Isaiah foretold so long ago, the moment when the prophet heard the voice of God and he turned around to see a future for the people. And when we sit with Isaiah, we'll hear a voice. Uh, we hear this voice. It's, it's, it's way off. It's, it's, it's off in the desert. It's off in the kind of the dry place, right? 
And this voice is just screaming out, prepare the way of the Lord. And we can hear kind of the jackhammers thumping. We can hear those huge rigs that just move massive amounts of earth. Beep, beep, beep. It's like they're building the highway for the Lord. He's coming. Hmm. God is on the way to bring comfort. We hear that going on, and then off in another direction, we hear another voice cry out. We hear someone say, whoa, whoa, what am I supposed to cry out? The voice says, go up on and tell it on the mountain. People are like grass. The power and the splendor of people is like a flower. It's here today, it's gone tomorrow. But God's words are forever. God's words are stable And God's words of hope and comfort, they are going nowhere. That future will be. But there's one more voice. (laughs) All this clamoring, like my house at dinner time. One more voice, and this voice is instructed. This is the voice that's instructed to go up on the mountain. That's where this voice can be heard from. Off on the mountain somewhere. Behold your God. Behold, the Lord comes with might, and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and he will tend his flock like a shepherd, gather his lambs in his arms, carry them in his bosom, and lead them young and old. I think that's how the Enzrudes put it. Comfort, O oh comfort my people. And where is this comfort now? on this second Sunday of Advent, 2020. Where is this comfort for us now? Can it be found? I believe it can. And I think it's found in the Lord. I think it's found in the meditation of Scripture. I think comfort can be found in the presence of Jesus. Perhaps comfort is found when we turn our hearts back to Him. Comfort is found in prayer and in service for our neighbors. Comfort can be found in sitting down, writing a letter of encouragement to those who are discouraged. Comfort can be found in the songs sung by children and in the hymns and the carols we sing this time of year. Comfort can be found, dare I say it, in a Zoom meeting where we speak to family, to friends, where we pray with one another, listen to one another, and share with each other the comfort and the good news of the presence of God's Holy Spirit in our lives. Comfort can be in a phone call just to check in or just to tell someone, I love you. Comfort can be found in telling your spouse what they mean to you, telling your children you're proud of them, Telling your friends how special their friendships are to you. Comfort can be found in these places. Comfort can be found even now. Uh, My Bible study group in the morning, we were um, reflecting on Luke's gospel, chapter 1. In the time of King Herod, he says. What was the headline in the newspapers on the, I don't know, Galilean Gazette or whatever it would have been? Open up your newspaper. Headline, Herod does this, Herod does that. 
And where was Gabriel? The angel of God's good news of God's kingdom. Comfort can be found. Let us hear these words as God's words to us now. Tidings of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. Right into the slop and the slog of 2020. Let us consider how the Lord comforts us and let us consider how we, as ambassadors of Jesus, can bring comfort to our neighbors and to those who are around us. Uh, a time machine would be pretty cool. I, I don't actually have one. To go back into the days of Isaiah, the days of the exiles, to listen to them, hear from them, or to go back and witness Mary as the angel Gabriel appears to her. Gabriel who appeared to Daniel all those centuries ago, telling him of the coming of God's Messiah. Gabriel, who appeared to God's priest Zechariah in the Lord's temple, foretelling the birth of John, who would have the might of Elijah to prepare the people for God's arrival. And now Gabriel appears to Mary of Galilee and Nazareth, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. And Mary gets scared. Why would Gabriel, the messenger of God's kingdom, visit her? And Gabriel says, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb, bear a son, you will call him name, his name Jesus. And he will be great. He will be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David. And this child will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will have no end. Let me quote Isaiah just one more time. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Let us pray. Father in heaven, I pray as we prepare our hearts now for communion, your Holy Spirit would bring us comfort in the places where we need to receive it from you, from your hand. I'm struck in this, uh, in this poem of Isaiah, Lord, of this image of you as a shepherd holding a sheep close to your heart. And my prayer is that for anyone listening now who needs that vision, that picture of you, holding your sheep close to your heart, I pray that you would um, make that very real and vivid for us. I pray these things in his name. Amen.